The Lessons Learned for Vets podcast is proud to be brought to you by AFMA, the American Armed Forces Mutual Aid Association. Established in 1879, they are the longest standing nonprofit association empowering military families with affordable financial solutions for generations. Offering life insurance, wealth management, mortgages, survivor assistance, and other benefits, AFMA is here to support you through every stage of life. AFMA is dedicated to helping service members be financially and logistically ready for life after the military. To support you in this process, AFMA would like to offer you their free downloadable transition timeline, a step-by-step guide to help you create a comprehensive military transition plan. Let AFMA help you get ready for your next step by visiting afma.com backslash LL4V. That's A-A-F-M-A-A.com slash LL, the number four, V or clicking the link in the show notes. Hey guys, welcome to the Lessons Learned for Vets podcast, your military transition debrief from the veteran mentors who have gone before you. My name is Lori Norris, and I've been teaching veterans how to successfully navigate their military transition since 2005. I'm bilingual, but instead of a foreign language, I'm a civilian who speaks the language of all branches of the U.S. military. I've used this unique skill to help thousands of veterans, and today I want to help you navigate the hidden opportunities and unseen risks you may face during your own transition from the military. This is the Lessons Learned for Vets podcast. On today's episode of the Lessons Learned for Vets podcast, I am so excited to welcome Bo Higgins, a senior manager on Amazon's military affairs team. The Amazon military affairs team creates veteran programs, develops policies and strategic plans for military recruiting, and focuses on hiring, developing, and retaining the best and brightest military and military spouse talent. Bo served 25 years in the United States Marine Corps as an intelligence officer, and his military experience spanned multiple deployments, as well as command of the 1st Reconnaissance Battalion and Headquarters Battalion, 2nd Marine Division. His first job out of the military was an operations management role with a fiber optic cable assembler, where he worked for two years before joining Amazon. Bo attributes both of his post-military jobs to networking, and he shares his thoughts on how to start building a network and creating relationships that will lead to referrals. Bo has hired thousands of veterans in his career with Amazon, and the true value of this episode is his job search advice on resumes, interviews, and connecting on LinkedIn. I think you're going to get a ton of value from this episode. Welcome to the show, Bo. I'm so excited to have you here today. No, it's great to be here. Really looking forward to spending some time with you and share a little bit about my background at Amazon and, and anything I can do to talk about veterans. Very exciting. I know Amazon is a target role for lots of veterans, and you are a big proponent of hiring veterans, so I appreciate you being here. My pleasure. No, looking forward to it. So I want to hear about your transition. I, I, so tell us a little bit about your transition story and how you ended up where you are today. Yeah, no, happy to share that. So I was 25 years in the Marine Corps. 
Uh, I retired actually seven years ago on the 20th of June. So just not just you know just in June, so not that long ago. Um, my transition uh, was actually pretty easy to be candid. Um, but I, 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 the reason it was easy was because I never lost kind of touch with my friends from college, from high school. And I think that's the key to being successful. You know, you hear it all the time about networking, right? Um, and I think part of it is maintaining your network, you know, during your time in the military. But what I often see happens to you know, my peers and a lot of folks in the military is they become so you know, insulated by the military community, they lose touch with, you know, friends from back home or friends from high school or friends from college. And those are the people that are going to help you get a job when you get out, you know, and I, I really did uh, maintain a lot of those connections over time. And when I was getting ready to go to get out of the military, I started talking to them. I already had them on my you know, Rolodex, if you will, and just to learn more, right? So I think, I think that's the most important thing is you, is you are transitioning. The hardest part of transition, in my opinion, is figuring out what you want to do, right? Because you've been doing one thing for you know, 25 years or 20 years or 10 years, and you're kind of told what to do in many cases, right? You may want to go stationed over here and your monitor detailer is going to send you over there. But all of a sudden you have this freedom to do anything you want theoretically in the world. That's to be overwhelming, that can be scary. So where do you start? You just start talking to people. And that's, that's what networking is. Don't people get I think, scared by the word networking? It's not a scary word, it's just talking to people and learning more. For example, like in commercial real estate. I knew they did that. I knew that meant selling buildings, but what does that really mean? You know, So having conversations with them and say, what is a day in the life of you as a, you know, a commercial realtor? What is the day in the life of you as a, a finance guy? You know, what does that mean? Dude, that's something that would be interesting to me. So, so that was my transition was having those conversations with people, figuring out what I didn't want to do, figuring out what I did want to do. Mm-hmm. And then as you narrow down more and more what you do want to do, you know, trying to actually go forward and engage and have those interviews. So for me, going through the process, I, I definitely knew I didn't want to go back and work for the government. You know, I didn't want to go to a federal job. I would have, as an intelligence officer, that was uh, an easy, would have been an easy way to go because I have a clearance, I could have done those things, but I was, I was ready for the new challenge. I wanted to get into operations business in some type of role, um, and I wanted to be in Tampa, Florida. You know, I, so it really helped me narrow down my transition. And in that process, you know, through friends of mine, um, I, you know, I was able to get some interviews in the Tampa area and end up working for a company called Custom Cable that manufactured and installed fiber optic cable. Um, but it, it was a great first job, very small company. Had about, when I first got there, a little over 200 employees. Um, and it was great because it allowed me to kind of do a little bit of everything. I got involved in operations, I got involved in finance, I got involved in HR and recruiting and just things I never did in the in the military. You know, it exposed me to so many more things. And, and, and it was the reason that transition to custom cable through friends of mine that helped me get there. I actually tried to start selling cable to Amazon who was building, building uh, some buildings in the, in the Tampa area. Uh, and you know, I'm calling my friends at Amazon to sell them cable. And it coincided with Amazon trying to launch its military hiring program, and they ended up recruiting me for that. So again, networking. Get my first job, then we got my second job. You know, just timing and networking is so important. 
in anyone's transition. You know, I once had someone tell me the best thing they did in their transition was maintain relationships and communicated a lot with civilians, right? As though we're like some other species, right? So, but, but it's true, you know, your neighbors, you know, friends of your, I'm sorry, parents of your children's friends, like, I know you don't necessarily feel like you have a lot in common with them, but it helps you kind of flex that muscle of communicating with people that don't understand military, doesn't it? No, a hundred percent. I think, you know, I make the analogy sometimes like the Shawshank Redemption for those that have seen that movie, right? Mm-hmm. You get institutionalized, right? You fear the outside and the outside world is a scary place where the rank on your collar doesn't matter, you know, and these things that you're so used to don't matter as much and you fear that. And, and it, it takes some action. You have to try to get out there and network and talk. And what you may think is, you know, small talk or not that important, but that's just that's what you're going to need to have those skills anyway. So, you know, talking at the baseball field, your kid's game, or, you know, at the, at the local restaurant, that's networking, right? Just kind of right. getting used to being able to do that to people that aren't in your day-to-day network or wearing a uniform. You know, it's essential to you being successful longer term. You're exactly right. Yeah, networking is just having a conversation. It doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be anything formal, does it? I know someone that networked their way into a job standing in line at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> it happens every day. I have no yeah. doubt about it. That's, that's how things happen. That, that is reality of life. It's not necessarily applying online. It's meeting somebody. That, you know, it's t- everything. Timing and networking is everything. Really Absolutely. <laughs> As you mentioned earlier, you attribute your first job out of the military and your current job with Amazon to networking. So let's talk about networking, right? We said earlier, it's just a conversation. But how did you do the the process of networking and making those connections and and how do you recommend that other veterans follow suit with kind of leveraging networking yeah i mean again i think you start with the the, the circle closest to you right you start with your you know friends family and maybe it's five or six people or it's 10 people right you start with them and you kind of I, I, I talk about you have to put your name in play right that's what it's about it's about getting your name out there that you're interested and you have to be able to talk to people that you may, you know, you may have no real interest in what they do, but they may know someone that can help you, right? So I had lots of conversations with people that I didn't really necessarily want to be a lobbyist or whatever it was, but I knew that person would know someone else. Maybe if I said, hey, this is kind of what I'm looking for. Do you have any idea? And, and, and it really, I think the important thing about networking is people are, people like to talk about themselves and what they've done, right? So it's, it's kind of saying, hey, you know, you know, what do you do? How do you like it? What, you know, are there any books you could recommend to me? It's kind of just like advice. You're asking for advice. That, hey, this, I'm out there. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trying to figure all this out. Tell me what worked for you, you know, and, and hopefully you can find some you know, pearls of wisdom from them or connect with them in some way. And again, you're taking kind of pieces and parts from everyone you talk to. Everyone has something of value to offer you. No one's path is going to be exactly like your path. Mm-hmm. But again, I think combined, you can say, okay, I want a little piece of his and a little piece of that and kind of put it all together. And you never know where the path is going to lead. But I think that's the important thing, though, is to just have all those conversations and be able to have options. Because otherwise, it's just you by yourself trying to figure it all out. And that's that's no way to go. That is really not a recipe for success, trying to go it alone. People want Absolutely. to help, you know, People love to help veterans and want to talk to them, and they want to hear your stories too. You know, so again, don't think it's. I think people think it's a burden for somebody to network with them or talk to them. It's not. People enjoy it. 
they're happy to tell their story and give you advice. And again, and then they know that you're out there looking for a job and they bump, they bump into a guy, oh, you know what? I just talked to this guy yesterday and he needs a person that has a security background. I'm gonna connect up with Sergeant Jones or, you know, whatever, Gunny Smith. I mean, I just think that's how it works. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we've talked about this on the show before is that people have a really hard time asking for help, right? Like they don't want to feel like they're looking for a handout, but it's really, if you're going into a networking conversation with like, how can we help each other, right? So what can I do for you? And what can you do for me? And and think of it as just a conversation where you're looking to assist each other. I think that really changes the whole dynamic of the way people feel about networking. No, 100%. And I think you hit on something I think that's also very important about that veterans are often um, unwilling or uncomfortable asking for help. And I see this not only on the networking piece on the front end, that's what I see is the biggest problem that veterans have when once they even get hired, right? So you make it, say you make it through the hiring process and all of a sudden you're at Amazon. It's just this crazy new place and people are talking in leadership principles and it's just, it's a, it's a whole new world, right? Yeah. And what I see from veterans oftentimes is that they're, they're, they're afraid to ask for help. They feel like, because in the military, same kind of thing as transition, right? In the military, you're somebody. You need to get something done, pick up a phone, you know how to get your orders or get a weapon or get a vehicle, whatever it is. You know a guy, right? You know Joe. But the guy would say, you got no Joe, right? You knew that guy when you were in the military. You get to Amazon, you don't know Joe anymore. And you're, you're afraid to ask because if you ask for help, it looks like you're weak or dependent, right? And that's, that's the opposite of that. Asking for help means that you want to learn more. You're trying to be successful. And what happens is over time, if you don't ask for help, it compounds, and then you can be too late. Like, right. and six months later, you never asked for help. And like, it just has passed you by. So the transition has a lot of similarities to that first, you know, just getting into your first job too, where it's about talking, about asking questions, asking for help, because the more you do that, the more likely you'd be successful in transition and in retention, if you will, down the line. Yeah, so I, that's such a good point of continuing that conversation even after you land that first role. And, you know, maybe the role isn't what you thought it was, but did you have a conversation with your superior? Did you have a, with your boss, with your, you know, your peers, like possibly you're taking on more than you need to. And that's why you're getting burnt out. And so have that conversation, even if it's a difficult conversation. And like you said, it's not about being weak or being thought of as less than it's being interested in improving. And I really like that approach to it. I think that that's important. Thank you for that. So um, you are the senior manager for military talent acquisition at Amazon. Amazon has one of the most outstanding veteran recruiting programs out there. So tell me a little bit about some of the programs that Amazon runs to assist transitioning service members. No, happy to. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great role. And I think it's interesting. You know, I think people often maybe don't have the right impression of what Amazon is like. You know, they think of it only as a, oh, it's a, you know, it's this, this warehouse and we go in there and below trucks all day. I don't want to do that. The reality is Amazon, I need everyone. I don't care what your background is in the military. Whatever MLS or any seed you have, whatever rank you have, somewhere at Amazon, there's a job for you. I mean, I need doctors and lawyers and policy people and maintenance folks and drone pilots and I mean, you name it. We need it somewhere <laughs> at Amazon, right? So that's the beauty of this place uh, is that we need everything. 
in my role, you know, and, and the other thing about Amazon is that, you know, it's not one like monolithic company. There's like 10 different pieces of Amazon. So there is the logistics side in the warehouses, but also Amazon Web Services, which is all very technical. There's Amazon Studio, they make movies, you know, Amazon Music, there's Amazon Labs, where many new products, you know. So for, for me, I almost serve as a consultant to these different businesses within Amazon to help them build their hiring programs. Because not every piece of Amazon is in the same place as far as having a developed, you know, recruiter focus on military or military spouses. But they don't necessarily have those programs. We're kind of informing them of the programs that exist. Okay. And those programs are kind of, there's, there's a lot of ways that we do engage uh, in different programs, you know, and some of those um, are focused on the spill bridge opportunities. And we're a big proponent of that. So for anyone in the military, in your last six months of active duty, we're eligible to come in and do a spill bridge where you can basically, I call it an internship program, best way to understand it, yeah. right? You're still getting paid by DOD. You come to Amazon, you spend, you know, 10, 12, whatever weeks here, kind of learning at a, you know, no harm, no foul, free for us, great for you to evaluate. But I try to make sure that everyone at Amazon knows about those and that, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a low risk way for a company to engage with veterans, where your resume may not be exactly what they're looking for, right? Maybe they're, you know, maybe they're used to hiring someone with a Harvard MBA that has this background. If I tell them, hey, you know, this, this guy has an MBA, maybe from the Air War College or maybe from somewhere different, you know, this is not exactly the profile for, but you have 12 weeks to check them out. And if, if they have the aptitude to be successful, you know, they, you know give, give them a shot. No, no cost. It doesn't work out. You know, so mm -hmm. the skill bridge program is one thing that we own and I own personally. Um, we have a program called Military Pathways. Military Pathways is a, is a fast track program to get veterans into the logistics world. You have to be within your um, one year of leaving service to be eligible for it. But basically, it moves you quickly from an entry level manager to a general manager. So again, we have these programs that are specifically targeted to bring veterans on board and train them up. We have a program called the Amazon Technical Apprenticeship Program. Uh, it's a Department of Labor funded apprenticeship. So again, if you have no skill at all in IT, you're a truck driver, you've never done one day in the IT industry, and you want to come to Amazon, there's a way for you to come in in your apprenticeship. That's a, again, Department of Labor approved, but we will, we will train you up to get to mm -hmm. that level. It could be a nine-month training window. So again, from whatever skill level you have, whatever kind of role you want, there are specifically targeted programs out there to hire veterans. On top of that, I, you know, I focus on programs that hire minority veterans, female veterans, disabled veterans, um, vets in technology, student veterans. So we have we have specific pipelines for you know we'll meet you where you are. That's kind of what I, you know we, we need you all. We have programs for you all. Um, and again, I think that's one of the nice things about Amazon is because we do have so many opportunities that every veteran you know can find some match for them if they, if they do some of the work up front too. You know you can't come in and just tell me I'll do anything anywhere. And I get that. I get that from people like I think they're used to that in the military. Like you know hey great attitude. I'm telling my monitor or detailer. I'll do anything anywhere. It needs the Marine Corps, right? That's the worst thing you can do. You need to spend the time figuring out what you want to do. If you do that, I can match you up with that hiring manager, that program, a good fit for you. Okay. So where would someone go to find out about all of these programs? Because there are so many. Is there one central location they can visit to learn more? Yeah. The best way to, to access those, we host a, a veteran-focused webinar, which we do every other week. 
where I kind of give a kickoff to it. And then we have actual military recruiters that are there. Um, and I can, I'll make sure I share the link with you and you can post it out. That's the place to go. It gives you kind of the, talk a little bit about the culture of Amazon, resume, um, interview process. And then again, you have a chance to actually talk to recruiters specifically about roles they have available and what they're looking to hire. So that is the best way to do it. That's that's the resource. You can, you can go at, you can go to the Amazon.jobs page and search, and that works. But I think it's better to start with the webinar to help understand what's out there, and then maybe go to the Amazon.jobs page and search. So every other week you host a webinar that does is informational about job search methods, but also will go through all of the different programs and they can interact directly with an Amazon recruiter. Correct. It talks okay. directly to recruiters that have these open roles. And that makes a little different. I don't get I don't always get the same recruiters every other week, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll always have some operations, I'll always have some from AWS. You know, I usually have some from HR from maintenance, sometimes I get some like air. It kind of depends on the week. But you know, if, if you if, if for whatever reason you don't hear from the exact role you're looking for, you can always reach out to me personally and I'll help you get there as well. But I always really the, the best first step I tell people all the time, because I get reached out to you know daily on LinkedIn and hey start with the webinar. That is that is kind of like the Amazon overview. And then from there, you know, we can get you to the right person from there. Okay. So I will put um, your LinkedIn profile URL in the show notes. I'll also put the link to the webinars, the every other week webinars where they can find those. Um, you can find the show notes on the website at llforvets.com. And I would also recommend that you connect with Bo on LinkedIn. Are you open to having people follow you on LinkedIn no, as well? Okay. For sure. I, I, I spend a lot of my life on LinkedIn every day. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel that pain. <laughs> okay. Um, so you, you mentioned earlier turnover, right? You said you talked about, you know, not asking for help and it, it's some, some of the causes for high rates of veteran turnover. What are some of the other obstacles that you see that can cause higher veteran turnover in those first two years? I think the biggest thing you have to understand is that Amazon has a unique culture, as is every company. I mean, USAA is different than Amazon, it's different than JP Morgan, it's different than Facebook, right? And our culture is part of what makes us successful. And it's not going to change to you, right? So I think I see veterans sometimes come in, they're like, well, it's worked for me in the military, it'll work for me at Amazon. Like, not necessarily. You have to be able to change and understand the setting you're in and how things work for it to be successful. That's why I think the, the, the job search, when you're looking for a job, I, I don't think people often take culture um, into kind of consideration as much as they should, right. because that is going to a big, be a big deal. If you don't like a place that is like chaos and there's dogs walking around free and it's just, it's a different world, you know, and if that's, if you want like superstructure and ABC that then that's not us and that's okay. Yeah. Right. But I think, you know, don't just do it for the money or for the you know the exact job. You really have to that culture into consideration. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've seen is that people just, oh, Amazon, good and great. I really want to go there. Is it really a cultural fit for you? Because that is a, a huge deal uh, in my mind for you to be successful is to say, yeah, I can I can I see what they're all about. That, that meshes with what I'm all about, because if not, at some point, it's going to cause friction and probably cause you to want to go somewhere else. 
Okay. And how might someone learn more about a company's culture? What What are some of the tools that you would recommend? Yeah, I mean, again, we, we talk a little bit about on the webinar. Um, for Amazon, we have 14 leadership principles that we are very much focused on. They're, they're online. Okay. Um, but there are things that are very familiar with what um, veterans should be, um, you know, a good match for. We think they deliver results um, is one of our leadership principles. You know, mm -hmm. think big, um, disagree and commit. So, and, and those are things we interview you on as well. So when you interview we're going to interview you on our leadership principles. We're, as we interview, we're looking to make sure you're a cultural fit too. Most people can do the job. Typically the job itself isn't that hard and you're going to be smart enough to do it, but it's really about, are you a cultural fit here? Are you going to fit in not only the, being the job part of it, but the cultural piece of it and trying to find people that really are that sweet spot to me is the key to success of not only hiring, but you know, retaining our veterans long-term. And I would also say, I talk about this all the time, when you're an interviewee, a candidate in the interview, you should be interviewing them for their cultural fit and be willing to say, I don't think this is right for me. I feel like oftentimes veterans are so focused on checking the box of, I got a job, that they don't think about like, well, I need to find a job that's I'm going to fit in. That's going to make me happy. That's going to be fulfilling to me. And so it's okay to be in an interview and, and say to yourself, I don't think this is right. Right. Because if you don't, if you, if you take the job, it's because it's a job, mm -hmm. you take a job, not the job, you'll be leaving there in six months or a year. And I have to hire somebody else and you have to deal with that. And, and nobody wins, right? You have to be honest with yourself about what's important to you and if the culture really is a good fit for you. And I think people can get so maybe panicked. I just need a job. I, I, you know, I, I need a job. And you yeah. and then you take the wrong job. That's almost worse because you're still, you're kind of setting yourself back in time. But if you know, wait an extra month, it, it, you know, the job is out there. You know, it, it, it's, it's easy for me to say because I have a job right now, but, you know, it's, it, it's there. You know, spend the time figuring that out. Focus on the culture. Uh, and you're right. In the interview process, you, you know, we, there's, a, there's an opportunity at the end of the interview, every Amazon interview, for you to ask questions of us, right? And mm -hmm. I, I'll tell you, on several occasions, I've had people not have a question for me. And, and that right there is a red flag. You're like, you know, you have no questions about Amazon. I mean, ask me about drones or ask me about something. <laughs> I, mean, well, I, mean, I don't know. People have no, I want to see that you're interested, right? And it's not just like block checking. It's like, I really, I've done my homework. I have some questions for you. I think I'm a good fit here. Because we can tell, because you're just kind of like doing it like, you know, if, you're, if you're there and just trying to answer the question as quickly as possible, that's not a good way to be successful. I want to hear a story. I want you to, you know, tell me, you know, give me an example that has a story to it, you know, and not just like try to be as quickly as possible and then next. Not, that's, not, that's, not, that's not what we're looking for. I can tell you that for sure. Okay. I think that's great advice. And, you know, so that was some really powerful interview advice packed into an answer, but I, let's just, I want to unpack a little bit of it. First of all, you have to ask questions yeah. at the end of an interview. 100%. And those questions come from your research of the company. And those questions should be, how much are you going to pay me? And uh, how many days of vacation am I going to get? Those aren't the questions you should ask, right? But it's about things that you've found in your research of the company. Maybe, um, 
something you read online about what the company's future looks like. So ask questions that show you're interested because when people don't ask questions, Bo, do you think either A, they're unprepared or B, they're uninterested? A hundred percent. I think you're unprepared and both, right? Mm -hmm. And the question that I, the question that I personally asked when I was interviewing and I value for people to ask something like, you know, where do you see me at Amazon in five years, right? Or three years, right? That way, then you're already talking about, you're you're indicating to me as the interviewer that I want to be there for a long time. You know, I I can envision my, and then you're hoping the interviewer says, well, can I envision this person here for years from now? And where would he be? You know, I think those are, those are the questions that I think show that you have some thought about, you know, future longevity. You've mm-hmm. thought about the future of Amazon. You know, where, where do you think that, you know, e-commerce is going to be? I, I don't know the answer to that, but at least you've, you've thought of something that is thought-provoking and then maybe leads to more of a conversation. I think that is important to show that, not just, yeah, you're right. If you ask about salary or benefits, I'm like, come on. You know, that's, that. that's not, that's not helping. <laughs> right. Okay. I think that's good. And also, I I just want to backpedal a little bit also because you mentioned knowing what culture is right for you, right? And I talk a lot about focus and focus of like, what do you want to do? And you mentioned it earlier. Don't just come in and say, I'll do anything. So you want to have a focus. And then I think it's important as part of that focus is to figure out what kind of culture you're interested in. Do you want more of a casual culture? Do you want more of a... um, you know, open lines of communication. Do you want more of like a tiered structure? Like think about company culture and where you work best. And I think that, I think you're right, is that that wrong culture fit is often a cause of a lot of turnover, isn't it? Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, everything you're saying is spot on. And the more the more you can invest on figuring out what you want to do. And, and that is that a lot of pieces of what, what you want to do means that means be in what kind of culture. Are you looking for something where you're just trying to get experience to get somewhere else? That's okay. But understand just where are you in this part of your journey? You know, where do you want to get to? And a lot of people only spend, you know, a, a few years at Amazon and they get the experience they, and they know ahead of time maybe that's what they want. That's okay. But understand what your kind of plan is. Are you looking for something that's going to give you, you know, a rewarding experience for whatever reason it is? Or is it, you know, somewhere you just want to get in and work, you know, for 10 years really hard? And, you know, everyone in a different place. So when they right. get out and they retire, that's okay. But understand that. Have had that conversation with yourself. I think people do get a little panicked. Like I said before, you know, that, hey, I'm, 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 my EAS is in two months. I just need a job. Yeah. And they take the first job potentially they can get. And then they're like, man, I, I didn't really know what I was getting into. You know, I didn't know what this was really like. You're like, mm-hmm. no, you should have asked those questions. And we could have, I would have told you exactly what it's like. You know, yeah. so, yeah. And I think, you know, even a question of like, what does a typical day look like? And maybe they come back and say, there is no typical day. You're like, oh, wait, I need more structure than that. You know, or um, what is the the leadership philosophy of the company? Like those types of questions, I think, can really give you insight into how the company operates. Absolutely. So I I think that's such a good piece of advice. Any other job search mistakes that you see common among veteran job seekers when they're applying to Amazon? The other thing I would say it's a mistake, in my opinion, is the the opposite of maybe not knowing what you want to do. And it's a a symptom of not knowing what you want to do is you apply for 30 jobs at a time. 
right? I call it the spray and pray method, right? Just apply <laughs> them all and hope you have sticks. That again is not a recipe for success because here at Amazon, our system only holds one resume at a time. You know, and I will tell you that, you know, you need to tailor that resume to the job that you are targeting, right? So if you're applying to a job in maintenance and operations and in learning and development, you're going to have this generic resume. It doesn't really say anything, right? So you need to focus on what you want to do. Let that play its course out. If that job doesn't work out for a reason, apply to their job, you know, but applying to all the jobs makes it and is obvious you don't know what you want to do, right? To me, it's a, it's a giveaway that you're just like, well, anything in Amazon is what it is, right? But you haven't spent the time figuring out what you want to do. So that to me is another a common mistake that I see is the apply to them all. So you're speaking my language because basically what you're saying is research what you want, take your resume and target it and focus it to that job with the jobs keywords, with addressing the needs of that position, as opposed to just taking a generic resume that says nothing and sending it to every job out there. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll give some specific examples, right? You know, in the basic quality, every job listing on Amazon.jobs, we have over 30,000 of them available right now, right? We'll have a list of basic and preferred qualifications. Basic qualifications are non-negotiable. You have to have every one of them. Don't even apply. Mm-hmm. Don't hit all basic qualifications. Preferred qualifications do just that, right? We want you to have them, but it's, if you don't, we're not the end of the world. But when you're writing your resume, I'd say up front, you know, in that summary paragraph you kick your resume off with, you know, transitioning veteran with 10 years program management experience, proficient in SQL databasing in Microsoft, Excel, whatever it is, looking for a job, and, you know, just Tell, tell that recruiter right up front that you meet all those qualifications, right? If they have to hunt and pack and find two years here and a spare over there, and you know, they miss it. You know, make it easy for someone to say yes by putting it right up front and showing that you meet those qualifications. The other thing I see on resumes all the time, uh, kind of in a, a similar vein, is that you know, veterans tend or often tend to write their resumes, you know, in pit rep or OER, you know style, right? You know, let's, let's say something like, you know, was responsible for the command safety program. It, what does that mean? Right? You know, did, did the program get better? If so, by how much? I need to see outcomes. Give me data. Show me the impact that you had in that job, not just this generic that says nothing. Leave that out. I mean, there, there's nothing I'm getting from that. Like, oh, well, you read the human safety program. There's nothing there, right? You know, make sure words matter. You only have two pages, you know? Really focus on the outcomes and deliverables you'll reproduce. Tie them back to the job description. That's, that is the key to success. And the, the answer, the test is there, right? We're giving you kind of the test, and you just need to write, you know, your essay to meet the test. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great way of looking at a resume. It's just the essay of the test questions that they're asking you. So let's rewrite that bullet. Let's rewrite that oversaw command safety program. So what we could do, what we could say is that you led a a safety and risk management program that educated and informed 5,000 staff members on... Increased safety mm-hmm. incidents by 27% mm-hmm. over two years led to our SOP being uh, adopted by the division and winning the award for safety. I mean, you know, who knows what the outcome is? Yeah. You know, it's, it's there. Right? Yeah, it's it, how it, many it's people, not, right? If it's not there, don't use it, right? But hopefully it's there and hopefully you yeah. improve it. How many people? <laughs> 
how much improvement, you know, mm -hmm. find those tangible numbers you can utilize and be able to talk to to show the impact you personally had, right? That's, that's really what it's all about. I love that. So yeah, how many people did it impact? Maybe you created a training program that wasn't there before and how much did it reduce incidents or increase awareness or how much cost did it save? Whatever the yeah, case may be, impact, that, right? Yep. yep, I love it. Okay. Well, I, this has been like such a jam packed, valuable 30 minutes, but I just want to wrap up just by sharing just any lessons that you've learned in your post-military career that you wish someone had shared with you when you were leaving the Marine Corps. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's something that I, I didn't know. I, mean, I, I think this is just something on being on the other side of the, of the street, if you will, on the, on the outside looking in now, you know, we, we want to help. Right, I think you know. Again, it's not an imposition if you reach out to me on LinkedIn and, and actually ask. Don't you know? Don't just send a generic LinkedIn request. I, you know, if I don't know you from Adam, I don't, I don't. But if you send me a note, hey, this is what I'm looking for. This I'm trying to do. People want to help. I mean, I, that is why I'm in this role is to be able to give back and help others. If others have helped me, and it's like it's like military service, right? We we all have to shame from you know. Back in the 1770s to now, right? You you have this line of military service. I feel like I'm still in that in some ways, and we want to help. So don't be afraid to ask for help. We talked about that before. That to me is, is something that I can't stress that enough because I, I, I do feel that so many veterans just feel like I want to do it on my own. I don't want to bother anybody else, you know. And, and if you, you you can't overcome that, you're not going to be successful in the job hunt. You have to get beyond that. You have to leave a pain. you apply for that's okay you know learn from it learn from failure you know I'll, I'll give you i'll give you an example kind of i think this is this i think noteworthy one of the questions i often ask in interviews is you know tell me about your greatest failure and what you learned from it and i've had veterans tell me i've never failed and they don't know it they just failed that interview right i need people <laughs> that can fail because we, we, we all fail all the time maybe small maybe not you, know, you didn't do something massive but right. you, know, you have to have the ability to learn from your failure and then apply that so you don't do it again right so again, you can't be afraid to put yourself out there and it's easy to get they say institutionalized in the military and you're safe and comfortable in the uniform and you know it's it's great and i love my time my 25 years are awesome but you know, you have to put yourself out there. You have to get out of your comfort zone. You can't be afraid to fail because you probably will. You make mistakes, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just, that's just life. Yep. So I guess that's the advice. It's not really anything rocket science, but that's kind of what I tell people and uh, hopefully it's a value. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for just telling us about the Amazon programs and sharing your insight as someone who has hired countless veterans. I really appreciate everything you shared today. So thank you so much, Bo. No, my pleasure, Lori, and happy to help me with Hey, everybody, it's Lori checking in with you really quick here. As you may already know from our LinkedIn page and some posts that I made on LinkedIn, our wizard behind the scenes, Charlene Reeve, is going through some really serious personal issues. You might hear a little change in our format and possibly even our quality over the next few weeks as I figure out how to make this happen and keep supporting you, even though Charlene's out of commission. I know she'll be back 
and I hope you'll all keep her son Rowan in your thoughts as he recovers from the surgery that he had to have. You can find information on how you can donate to a fundraiser that I started for Charlene and her family to help them deal with all of the medical bills and the loss of income that they're experiencing. But for now, I appreciate you still tuning in and I apologize if the there are some changes in the show. <music>